Okay, today we're going to continue the series of Shurim on Kenyon. So let's discuss, a person walks into a store. Most people, when they walk into a store, they're not intending to make a certain Kenyan. They walk into a store and they buy whatever it is, a bottle of soda, they buy some groceries, apples, oranges, they put it in the bag and they leave the store. Are they having any intention to reclaim anything? What makes the item transfer ownership from the seller to the buyer with absolutely no intention? It's a good question, L'chayr. there shouldn't be any way that the item transferred ownership without Das Kenyan. We learn in, in Kedushin, in Yeshiva we learn many times, that there's a concept of Das. You have to have a Das, or Kavana by Kenyan. So where is your Das, where is your Kavana by this Kenyan? Where is your intention to acquire anything? When you go to the stop in a gas station, you buy yourself a bag of chips, there's no intention to house it kind of. So the, the halacha is, Chassam Seifer in Atshuva says, that the, and the Pesach explains this even further, that the concept of Das in Kenyanin is different than the concept of Kavon or Das by mitzvahs. When a person has Kavon to do a mitzvah, that's a conscious intent, I'm intending to do this mitzvah, or whatever. But when a person, when it comes to transactions, as long as we can assume that the intention of the buyer and the seller is that this transaction should take place, and not any other reason, any other external uh, explanations of what's going on between them, that's going to be enough of a das. So when we see a person coming to a store and buying a bag of chips and soda and groceries and apples oranges, going to the counter, paying for them and leaving, we can assume that the seller is intending to sell and the buyer is intending to buy, in a subconscious way at least, and that's enough for us to see intent in front of us that this Kenyan is a valid Kenyan. A similar concept is explained by Kibeger in his Truva Simulam Adalid, and like we said before, the Pesach Chayshin says that's the, the essence of today's Kenyanim is generally simply with the intention to do this transaction. Basically, you can say the intent of a businessman to, to do business is the action, is the das, which is, is enough that when we see his action, we see his intent in the action. Now, there's a concept of applying das from other sources. For example, the Gemara says you can use something called das acharis makna. Sometimes you can have that a person is giving a present to somebody, and the recipient doesn't have any intention to receive it as a present. You can use something das acharis makna. Someone else's das can work for them. We find this concept in, 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 other, in a few places, well, notably if a person is digging in a, in a field that belonged, that belonged to Nixay Hagar that didn't have any Yarshim, and digging is one of the forms of Kinyan and Chazal for a piece of land, he doesn't realize that he's being kinded, so a person can have that for him, that that digging should be kinded. It's an interesting concept, how can you have that for someone else, I'm not going to get into that right now, but the bottom line is that you, the concept of das is an integral part of Kinyan, and it has to be supplied somehow, but it could be supplied, says the Chesam Seifer in this Chuba that we said, by the fact that the two people are involved in, in a business transaction. That is enough that unless we see another reason for this action that they're doing, we can assume that it's being done with the intention to transact business, and an intention to transact business is a valid form of Das and Kenyon. Now, Chazal explained different forms of kinyanim. We find the Chazal different kinds of kinyanim. Some are the Raisa actually, some are the Rabbanon. 
And they're enumerated in the Mishnahis and Kedushin in different places in Shas, well, the Basra in different places. So the Achreinim write that these Kenyonim fall into four general categories. The first of the category we can say is called Tamura, exchanging. When a person exchanges an item for another item, for example, he makes a Kenyan Chalipin, he makes a Kenyan Chalipin to exchange an item for another item, that's considered a Tamura, an exchange. So this category, the first I guess if we want to categorize into four categories, the first category of kinyonim would be exchange. A similar thing would be using money, kesef. When a person gives money, in the cases where kesef would be kinyonim, he's giving money, and in exchange for the money, he receives the item. He receives the ownership of the item. He doesn't even have to make action by character in cases where you don't need an action. So therefore, when a person gives money, it's an exchange. So this category, category number one, of Kenyonim we can say works like an exchange. Category number two is something connected to Rishos, a person's domain. A domain would be if something is put into his yard and his yard, let's say he has a wall or he's standing there or whatever it is, and in that case his yard would acquire the item for him, that's called a Kenyan Chatzah, that's a Kenyan of domain, of Rishos. Similarly, according to many Rishonim, when a person makes a Meshicha, a person moves something from one place into his domain, or a quasi-domain, like the sides of Rosh Hashanah, that's going to be kind of for him because that's a domain kind of thing. Same thing if a person has Dalaramas. In a place where his Dalaramas are considered his Rosh Hashanah, said that those four cubits around you are kind of, it's your domain and it can work. So that's the concept of domain. Now there's another concept of, of actually showing proof of ownership without a physical ownership, and that would apply many times in cases where you can't make a physical acquisition on the item itself. And that's done many times through different kinds of kinyonim. An example of that would be through a star, writing a, a document on a piece of land. So you're not making an action on the actual piece of land, but you're pr proving it through the star. Another kind of kinyon would be a kinyon of Edisa. Edisa we spoke about means when a person admits ownership in front of Aden that this thing belongs to somebody else, that's a proof of that person's ownership. Now, a fourth kind of Kenyan would be a, an action that proves ownership. For example, if a person puts a lock on the door of a house, or he buys a field that has a fence around it, and he breaks a piece of the field, to make, of the fence, he makes a breach in the fence, or he, or he closes up a breach in the fence, when people see a person doing that kind of action, it's clear to them that this person must be the owner. This person must be the owner. Therefore, that's a proof, a direct proof of ownership in an item when a person makes. We have these four categories. We have exchange, we have domain, we could have proof of ownership, and then we have act, actions of ownership, an act of ownership, like putting on these locks that like we said before. So those are the four general categories that we can divide Kenyonim into. So let's discuss a case of real estate. A person buys a house, and the buyer... Wants to, wants to get the deal right away, he tells the guy, listen, it's a cash deal, I'm going to give you cash. Bang. He wires cash to his account. Is the house now belonging to the buyer, or does it still belong to the seller? So, we have a case. We said before that in Karka, in land, Chazal did not remove the Kenyan of Kesef. They allowed Kesef to work. Cash would work by Karka. And therefore, we can say that the Kenyan is Chap. The Kenyan should work. So, the truth is there are a few other um, peripheral 
requirements for cash to work in this case. The, there has to be a clear, um, first of all, he has to receive all the cash, and it has to, there are many other um, items that need to be discussed when it comes to this kind of thing. But assuming that those requirements on the checklist are all checked off, the cash, Lukhaira, would be a valid form of kidney. Now, we have to take into, into account one very important thing. In today's day and age, people don't buy houses by just giving cash. Even by an auction, you have to record it at some point. So do we say that since the minig is to write a star, so the halach of Shulchan Aruch is that cash on, on land will, in a place that you write a star will not work until you write the star. But like is when it will when it will be valid, it will be valid from the time of the cash or from the writing of the star. But be that as it may, so since the, the minig is to write a star, and the reason why they write the star is because they don't trust people simply by virtue of the cash payment, Therefore, we can assume that they did not completely intend to sell or buy something until the document is drawn up. And this will apply many times in the case of a deed. You have a case, you need the deed recorded in the township. So therefore, the sale of the karka is not going to be consummated on the land until it's recorded in the township. So according to the place of Bezichoshim writes, the name of Chassam Seifer, that there is definitely merit to say that the Kenyan will not be valid until it's recorded in the deed of the government, in the township, and therefore you can only have the house belonging to the buyer after the transaction was recorded properly with the deed. Now, what about if a person gave somebody the keys to his house or the apartment? Does that show ownership or not? Let's, let's go to the case where, let's say, the minute was not to make a star. Would that be sufficient? So now there's a lacha that when you do a Kenyan chazaka, when you, the person is going to go to the land and he's going to put a lock or dig a hole or, or fix the fence, you need to tell them, go and do this action. It's, it's a demonstration of agreement that he should buy this piece of land from you. And therefore, a person who does this um, allows the buyer to now subsequently do an action that proves his ownership. Now, when a person gives the keys over to the buyer, what level of ownership is that shown? Does that show full ownership? Does that show intention only that the person should make an action of ownership by fixing the lock or whatever? So the Shulchan Aruch says very clearly that giving the keys is not a full level of proof of ownership. It's not a full Kenyan. But it is sufficient to show that now the person has permission to go ahead and make an ownership. So according to some research, therefore if you take the keys and you lock the house, or definitely if you change the lock or you do something uh, that shows ownership in a serious way, then it will, that will, the giving of the keys will be enough to allow that ownership to take place, and that will therefore be chav. So when it comes to real estate, the common um, custom in the land, which, which we're going to mention see is very important in Kenyonim, that's going to require that in order for the land to be bought by the, to be successfully purchased, you have to record it in the township today, and therefore, until the item is recorded, until the deed is recorded, the real estate is not consummated, the purchase is not consummated, even though cash technically would buy karka. Because we require that we also have this added level of proof, since that's the common custom today.